Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's August 18th. We, we only have till the end of the month to reach our Patreon objective, of $500 a month in pledges. And uh, I have some bad news. For the first time ever, you know, I like to report how it's doing. For the first time, I think, since I've begun reporting this to you, we've lost some money. I can't believe it. We were at like 298 a couple weeks ago, $298. And I thought, oh, we're going to get to 500 no problem. We're down to 268 268 We lost money. I don't know if the sh- I think the shows have been better. Good. I would I would expect there to be more money. Listen, if you can pledge a little bit of money a month to keep this show going, you know, if you like this show, put a little money in. You you could even take it out. I just want to get to 500 by the time we get to the end of August. So if you can do that, that would be great. Otherwise this this show, which a few people like, won't be on the thing anymore. It just won't exist. No more interviews. No more me doing this for you and me and the community. Still, please, again, if you pledge $10 a month for the rest of this month, you automatically receive a free, well, not a free, you pay $10 a month. You you receive a gift. You receive a t-shirt. Uh, there's two designs. You just pick, tell me the size and the shipping address and I'll send you a shirt. So please consider doing this. And very soon there will be some artist testimonials and, and listener testimonials circulating, and you can look at those too. That's the deal. Okay? Please, patreon.com slash creative control, or go to patreon.com and look for creative control, and, and please pledge some money a month. Tell your friends. Tell everyone. We need to get to 500 a month. We only have, what, 12, 13 days? I don't, I don't know how many days there are in the month. Please consider pledging. Thank you. On with the show. Creative Control with Vish Khanna. Well, summer's almost over. That's weird. My vacation is over. I'm back to work. Uh, that's not so weird. It's just a thing. You have to go back to work after a vacation, and it's strange. It's like the vacation never even happened. That's how I felt this week, back to work. Anyway, enough about me and my work. Good episode today. Justin Small is on the program. Justin uh, has played... And uh, many different bands, most notably Do Make Say Think. But he recently started his own solo song subscription service 
And he and I have been talking for quite a number of months, it feels like, uh, about him being on the show, and we just couldn't work it out. But he's finally on, and it's a good chat about uh, why he wants to put out one song a week for a whole year. It's kind of a personal challenge and also a nice gift to people who like his music. So I think it's, I think it's kind of cool. And so you're going to hear a, a song from this series. And we're also going to talk a lot about Do Make Say Think, who are playing a show in Toronto at the end of August. And uh, they're a band I like very much. And uh, a lot of insight about what's going on with that band and their forthcoming album. So if you're a fan of Do Make Say Think and Justin Small's uh, other work, you're in for a treat. Here it is, myself and Justin Small. This week, the Bookshelf Cinema is screening Madame Bovary, Infinitely Polar Bear, What We Did on Our Holiday, Testament of Youth, and more. And at the E-Bar, That's My Drag, The Show Must Go On, takes place on August 22nd. The Bookshelf is an independently owned cultural hub located at 41 Quebec Street in Guelph. For more information about their hours, listings, blogs, and accessibility, please visit bookshelf.ca. Justin Small is an accomplished multi-instrumentalist who lives in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Small is well-known for playing in bands like Lullaby Orchestra, and he's won awards for his film scoring work with Ohad Benchitrit. The two also play together in the critically acclaimed and mostly instrumental band Do Make Say Think, one of the most influential post-rock ensembles to ever call Toronto home. Something about the freedom of Do Make Say Think is apparent in Small's ambitious new song subscription series in which he is writing and uploading a new song every single week. With Do Make Say Think scheduled to play Camp Wavelength on Toronto Island during the weekend of August 28th, it seemed like a good idea to find out exactly what Justin has been up to lately. So here to explain is Justin Small. Uh, hi, Justin. How are you? Hi, Vish. I'm I'm great. I'm I'm amazed uh, that we had a you know when we were texting to do this interview, 
I had a breakthrough with my daughter in potty training. I know you're a father, and yeah, this is some yeah. pretty exciting news for us. So we're we're pretty jazzed over here at uh, at, at the small family residence. We had a <laughs> we have a, we have a big girl now. That's amazing. Yeah. How old is so, your daughter? Three and a half. Three and a half. And so what what exactly happened? Well, we you know we pooed in the toilet. It was you know it was. You take that for granted, but when you you know become a father and 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 our wives become mothers, you there's certain milestones that happen, and and tonight was one, that milestone. Our our we let Jolene, Jolene is my daughter's, yeah, yeah. Uh, we let her kind of sail her own ship. We weren't really, you know, we were told there were ways that you could do this. We got lots of advice. My parenting style is is that I don't listen to other people's advice and we just kind of go with it you know Jolene has been really great at other milestones but the, I can't believe I'm talking about my daughter's show no, no 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 it's, it's fine like, no I'm totally gonna you know but anyhow we're starting this interview with this it's, and, a, it's a dad it's, it becomes sometimes it becomes a dad podcast or uh, conversely, I'm I'm talking about dad stuff with people who are way too young to even <laughs> contemplate being dads. But yeah. I think I think I hope that people listening who aren't dads or moms, but if they listen enough, they get a sense of where we're at. Because we, you and I are normal people who had normal lives. Well, I mean, relatively speaking, but I mean normal lives in that at the end of the day, the day wouldn't end for us necessarily. We'd go out and do stuff, and their time wasn't really a force. And then you have kids, and that all changes. And I think that I would hope that young people who are contemplating having families at some point in their lives take something from that. The time is, pre- I mean, we always talk about a time is precious, but when you become a parent, it becomes very precious. It does, but also things become differently exciting. And so, you know, with Kat, my wife, and I, we did Lullaby Orchestra. Things were exciting to us that were you know, much different. We like, we enjoyed, uh, you know, playing violent, loud music and setting our instruments on fire. That was interesting to us. Uh-huh. But, you know, now when we're, you know, when we find out that there's a, a fun fair and that they have a, a bouncy castle, you know, we're pretty jazzed. <laughs> like we're pretty excited. So, you know, tonight was, you know, uh, some look on my wife's face was just, ecstatic like we were just like so excited and Jolene was just so proud of herself and you can't I don't know it's like a different it's a different excitement so. yeah yeah and I mean just to be clear you weren't contemplating setting the bouncy castle on fire the way you would <laughs> no. instruments you weren't that excited no, no, no. We're, but when we find out that there's a bouncy castle at a fun fair it's 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 pretty glorious like yeah. we're we're pretty jazzed. Yeah, so. and some people just don't don't understand the joy you're 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 expressing about a small person pooping in a toilet. I mean, there's just there's going to be some people who are like, "What's the big deal? I poop in a toilet." You know what? Every it's, couple of days. You know what is totally rock and roll to poop in a toilet. I three and a half. That, <laughs> see, I don't remember. I do remember the joy uh, of when my boy Levon uh, first pooped in a toilet, and now he always poops in a toilet. Um, but I can't actually remember when it was. It was quite a, I feel like it was not, I'm not showing off here or trying to suggest that my child is better than yours, but I feel like it was a little while ago. I think I feel like he was two something. And now the one thing I will say, wiping, 
I can't figure out how to teach them how to wipe. <laughs> yeah. So that's... that's your next hurdle. And I don't want to gross people out too much, but we're getting to that because he's gonna. My kid's gonna be in junior kindergarten soon, and I'm like, dude, you should probably figure out the wiping part because uh, he just can't figure it out. We have to do it. And uh, so that's your next step, Justin. That's in your future. This is a pretty. This is a pretty rock and roll interview so far, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> well, this is well, this is part of being rock and roll is making little rock and rolls. My kids' favorite bands, and I talk about this all the time on the show, are like ACDC and the Ramones and the Replacements and Neil Young, and that's like that's what he loves. So my kid's a rocker, and now he poops in the toilet. He just doesn't know what to do after he's done the pooping. That's all I'm saying. And you've got the, I I just want to say that I'm very proud of your situation, and congratulations. I think some people may not realize what a milestone this is. It's huge. It's huge. It's huge. And another thing is that because you were saying ACDC and Ramones, Jolene's favorite current band is DRI. Wow, really? Yeah, it's pretty fun. We do the uh, the early stuff, the violent pacification and, and dealing with it records. <laughs> uh-huh. You know, they're pretty, like, she calls it crazy music. And uh, we, 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 we thrash out in our apartment, and she's just totally into second songs. And they're, they're like children's songs bed up that's right that's what a lot of them, i like that i found someone else to share in the delusion that my kid really loves the bands that i think he loves because i think that's this a thing that parents like us i actually had a thing today i was at the costco uh getting my family stuff and i was i missed at one point i was like man i really miss usually i bring levon with me and it's really fun like i like that he it's just chaos and he runs around and i have to chase i, I like all that stuff but i i actually saw a dad around my age talking to his kid, and I think he was doing what I must always do, which is a kind of demonstrative way of talking to his kid, but letting everyone else know that he's kind of talking to his kid, you know? Right. It's like almost like, that- like a performance, like, Billy, <laughs> don't put your finger in there. I don't know what this guy's doing. It was that kind of thing, you know? Yeah. And I'm like, am I that guy? Do I do that? And I, and I think I might have been that guy. I might, And now I'm not going to be that guy. I was judging this dad for yeah. for doing this thing, and I feel terrible now. And then you're like, Levon, what? Like, it's the D chord. We're going. We're gonna next. We're going to the A minor. I'm not gonna be that. Like, I'm not gonna dude. be that. You're not gonna. You're not that dad. I'm not that dad either. No, I'm not gonna I, be bossy. I had Ohad on the phone. Listen, this is this interview going the way it should? Because now we're talking about Absolutely. parents. Okay. Yeah. I had Ohad on the phone the other day. He called me. Because he's off, and we have some film stuff that we need to really take care of, and it's important stuff. And he called me up, and I was at the park with Jolene. And I'm like, I have to take this call because he's out, and we need to answer some. We need to answer to some people. Yeah. And so Jolene was playing. We were in the middle of playing this game about making soup out of sand, and she was trying to ask me what soup that I wanted, and she was yelling at me. And I turned to her and I went, hey, come on, be cool. <laughs> like that. I said that to Joey. And then Ohad started laughing. He said, did you just tell your daughter to be cool? <laughs> like, like just be, hey, come on, man. I'm on, like, just be cool. We'll do the soup. Suddenly. The soup, like, it's just be cool. Just could you. And he started laughing. And he said, I'd never heard that before. Like, did you, a dad it kind of sounds like. like a dad you, just turned to his daughter and go, hey, hey. Be cool. Have you? Did you just watch Pulp Fiction or something? Were you mimicking Samuel L. Jackson yelling at Tim no. Roth? That's what it seems like. Be cool, honey bunny. Be cool. That's what, If you had said honey bunny, yeah. that would have been pretty badass. And I think everyone would have known. 
I'm now I'm trying to make you raise your kid uh, what to watch uh, Quentin Tarantino films. That's terrible. I don't think. Are we bad dads? Maybe we're bad dads. We're good dads. We're just we're just we're just real. We're real dads. Yeah. Real dads. Yeah. Okay. Now you've got this song series. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, you and I have been meaning to talk about this since basically it started. Where are? What week are you at? Well, I started uh, June first. So we're now August 17th, 15, 15? What's the date No, today? 13, it's August the, no, it's 17th. The, yeah, so, it's the 17th, yeah. Yeah, so like, let's do the math here. How many, I just like lost, I lost count, but um, what is that, like? <laughs> so what did you say it was, June what? June 1st. Okay, so that's probably, it's got to be like week 10 or 11? No, no that's more than that. 12, like, 13? Yeah. 12, 13, okay. 14 maybe. Okay. I'm so sorry. I'm actually like working on the, the music for next week's song tonight. So Right, you start uh, every Monday morning supposedly? Yeah. Right. Yeah, I, tr- I try to. I mean, sometimes Monday is just the day that I put it out there. And then, you know, it depends on really what Ohad and I are doing with uh, film stuff. And then also, you know, Do Makes They Think is making another, a new record. Like we're... Yeah. We're doing a record, and so we're mixing it. We've set a goal for ourselves of uh, we want it done. Oh, boy, Jolene. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Another milestone there. You Do you need to go deal with that? No, no, I'm cool. Okay. It's okay. Oh, this, it's when you hear Kat's voice that it's like, well. Then it's trouble. Trouble. Right. Then it's trouble. Just, okay. Um, but we're making a, we're making a record, and, and, and we had set a goal of it being done Musically, not artwork, but done musically by Halloween. So, okay. you know, so it's actually become kind of, uh, we have, you know, a lot of music for this new Do Makes They Think record that we're just trying to make interesting and, and beautiful. And our, our process is like a really strange process of, of just, you know, fearlessly adding as many instruments as you can and then politically move removing them in order to you know have a song reveal itself right okay so we've been working on that for i mean this do makes i think record's been at it for now about two and a half years so we're trying to we're trying to envision a finish line so you know the song a week thing ends up being you know i try to start it on monday but sometimes i start on on you know thursday night <laughs> and I'm in a panic. <laughs> right, right. I mean, yeah. Okay, so what what exactly is the series? Why did you start it? What is this thing? Well, it, it basically started as an idea. You know, I have a home studio set up, and Ohad and I do the, the score work. And one of the biggest hurdles to writing, you know, score stuff is coming up with original ideas and being able to kind of have a bank of really compelling, really great ideas because sometimes when you get a job in the score world, it moves really fast. Yeah. And so, you know, you know, I set myself up with a, a, a very minimal Pro Tools keyboard, amp, mic, one microphone sort of set up in my apartment. And I was just found that, you know, after leaving you know, day jobs to, to focus on music, you know, full time, I was writing every day 
and I was just writing and writing and writing and writing, and a lot of stuff's not getting used, and a lot of stuff's not happening. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh, I'm just going to put out a solo record. And then it sort of occurred to me that um, nobody is interested in solo records <laughs> by people anymore, unless you're so huge from your and, and have such an identity with your band, you know. And then I thought, ah, just. Bandcamp or SoundCloud, and it, all that kind of just didn't interest me. Yeah. And then I thought about this thing that Adam Marvey, Do Make Say Thinks, t- you know, manager, came to us years ago when we'd done Other Truths. He wanted to set up a similar thing, but it involved, you know, every band member contributing something. Mm-hmm. And the the way our band moves is so slow and so glacial, and it's 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 you know creative process that it just w- wouldn't have been a viable method so one day i was just kind of had was going through all of these songs and preparing them for a director to hear and thinking what am i going to do with this stuff like i I write music every day like what am i going to do with this stuff and then i thought why don't i challenge myself and 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 then the sort of the seed of the idea came came to me to do you know what adam had planted was you know let's do the subscription thing but i had to do it as I wanted it to be evolving in the moment. So that's what came about with the, you know, when you get your your download on Monday, I start working on next week's song immediately. Right. There's a temporal connection between every song. Like the, 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 the line of production is moving at a weekly rate. That's right, and I, I kind of consider it a, a solo, a fifty-two song solo record, written in real time. Mm-hmm. Right, exactly. So any subscribe, like there are zero archives or zero demos or zero backlog stuff. I've been doing so far. I haven't had, and this is, and I've been dealing with like deaths in the family. Oh, I'm sorry to and, hear that. Yeah, thank you. It's been kind of a weird, tough summer, um, and and still. Uh, I find inspiration in that, and I want to like create a new piece of music based on the experiences of that week, which is, you know, attending a family member's funeral is mm. will make you feel intense, you know, and you kind of I have the opportunity to reflect that. But even on a lighter side, I also get to say like, you know, one of the songs I did was a, a full-on tribute to Krautrock. Right. And I get to go, I, you know, if I had proposed that to do make say think as a band, they, you know, might jam it, but it likely is not going to make the record. You, you, you know, and not that it's not that it's 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 of poor quality. It's just that you know the band is is unified in a different vision. So I get to, I get to do that. Like this this project allows me to go. I'm going to write a tribute to Camp. You right. know, I'm just going to yeah. do that, yeah. and yeah, I'm going to be authentic, and I'm going to do that. And you know, I told somebody the other day who's asking me about this that I intend to, in the winter months, do a grindcore month. Oh, nice! Like where every song, like each week, the songs are probably going to be about 15 seconds long, and they're going to be authentic, genuine grindcore songs. Nice. Yeah, like, and, and I love grindcore. It's you know, I love Napalm. I'm a huge Napalm Death fan. I'm a huge metal fan. Right. And so, that idea I get to do. Like, do makes me think would never do a grindcore song. 
I mean, we we are so used to as 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 listeners, and I think musicians do it too. They they view we tend to look at records as markers in time, kind of capturing uh, a creative moment or in some cases a, a mood or a tone for the creator. And these are kind of like, and I'm not trying to. Hopefully, this doesn't sound too cheesy, but these are like weekly sonic journal entries almost whatever is happening in your life uh other than you you've already projected that you might do a grindcore month and that <laughs> that is not as spontaneous but it sounds like whatever emotional uh mood you're in on that monday when you start is going to get translated into the, the to the next week's song that's fair right yeah totally and and, and in fact it allows me to also do concepts you know one of the concepts that I did a couple of weeks ago was I only sourced like the music was sampled from only sourced from Jolene's toys. Mm, mm. Like there wasn't a single guitar note, you know, strummed or, you know, whatever. It was just all from her toys and I sampled them and cut them up and, you know, created this, this one of the songs about that. So I get to actually, you know, envision these things and then, and then just I get to do them, which is exciting. Yeah, uh, I, w- I want to ask about this a little bit because I, I think like if this were 1965 and the Beatles were doing this, yeah. I think there would be certain... Ex- By the way, I think the Beatles were writing a, a different new song every day in 1965. Uh, not to put any pressure on you and your, your cute little project, Justin. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I don't know why I got snarky there. That was terrible. No, but I mean, I think that if you were a Beatles fan in 1965 and they said, we're going to do a song every week, you would come to expect uh, a certain thing from the Beatles in 1965. You know, whatever they're... Right. You would have an expectation of what, oh, it's going to probably have a verse and a chorus and maybe a bridge and, you know, Ringo might do something. And and, and in your case, I when I listen to it, I'm not sure there are particular parameters, uh, sonic parameters. It, is it fair to say that each week it could be anything, sonically? But it would all, it would always sound like me. And so sure. I, th- I think I think fans of Do Make Say Think, and I think fans of me, and I think fans of Orchestra, and you know, I, I'm not. I'm a fan of lo-fi music. Like I mean, I'm not gonna be. I'm not gonna you know spend one week polishing a turd to make it sound like a fucking YouTube radio hit. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's there's gonna be some aspect to it that's gonna be a little bit more. Um, you know, honest. It's not going to be, I don't have the time as well to, you know, obsess over things, you know, with this, this project, I really have to, you know, mentally and emotionally agree on what I'm doing to make it in with, within the week. Right. You know, so like Ohad always makes like, so basically I have a partnership with Ohad in the film stuff, but he's also been helping me out with, uh, he calls it the penny master mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and basically on friday or saturday i take my session to him and he just puts all like so he shines it on a lot for everybody to hear does a little mastering job on it does a little mastering job not too long you know we spend about 10 minutes 15 minutes doing it um you can hear jolene screaming yeah hear that? yeah okay. yeah i hear that what, what is he just doing like presets or something no, he has like a you know a lot of the stuff that we use in the studio to to work on do makes I think okay. that okay you know that he applies to the stuff that I'm doing mm-hmm. and 
you know, he always says <laughs> he can't wait for week 35 when it's just, <laughs> you know, just like run out of ideas. It doesn't sound like you're running out of ideas. No, I'm pretty, this, this is, I like it. I like the project. I'm, I'm, I'm inspired. So besides Ohad and some of Jolene's toys, uh, does anyone else contribute to these pieces or is it all you? It's all me so far. Um, there's been a few ideas of me starting to sing again, which I used to do in the early days of DMX, I think, with mm-hmm. a country project that I had called Someone is Flying. Mm-hmm. And, you know, some people who have been interested and friends of mine who have been subscribing to this are like, hey, are you going to bring that back up? And, you know, Kat's a great singer and we do the orchestra. So there's there's been a couple of ideas about about that. Um, but mostly... I just keep it to myself. It's my project. It's it feels better to do it as a as a solo thing. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's fair. Now, there's a fair. Obviously, you've there's there's a lot of ambition within this project, and you kind of outlined where the idea came from. How much of this reflects artistic restlessness as well as ambition? You know, with I'm not really restless because Ohad and I do. A, the work we do with with the film soundtrack stuff keeps us pretty busy. Yeah, it sounds like you're busy. Uh, yeah, it, it, you know what it is. It's just it, it's like exercising. It's like once you start doing it, you feel interested in doing it all the time. And so for me, it was a question of like I'm writing all this music all the time, and it's just kind of going onto a hard drive and not going anywhere. What if I had another outlet? And I purposefully challenged myself to do this and, and, and just put out like just consistently release current content on a regular basis. Like what if I had no choice? And that's sort of what I've challenged myself with. Like I have no choice. Like every Monday I have to have a piece of music out. And it's funny because even today, like I, you know, put out the new song, uh, and then, you know, I go to my site and it's like, Hey, you lost two members, and you're like, <laughs> you're like, oh, do they not like this? Was this a shit song? Oh man, that's metric culture yeah. for you, man. If you get, I do it. I'm still, I'm the same way. You look at your numbers, and you're just like, man. <laughs> I mean, it's very kind. For, it's a weird thing, right? Because when the numbers are low, you're like, man, only 23 people listen to my song, but. Those are 23 special people. You should be more excited about the 23 people or the 600 people or the 3,000 people than worrying about the 5 million that aren't listening, you know? Hey, you know, I, I always say when I started this project that, you know, I, I only expected my wife, my mom, and, like, two, two band members from DMX, I think, to be members. So, yeah, I mean, I mean to be the subscribers. And oh man, she yeah man, it's late too. It's like ten o'clock. Mike, is that is this normal? Is she normally up? Uh, not so much. I I think she. I think the excitement from from from. I I I, poop palooza. Oh right, exactly. (laughs) I I freak out if my kids are up this late. I I start. I get I get tense and and I'm I'm like something's wrong. They have to go to sleep. No, no, she's fine. She'll 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 scream for a bit and she'll. She's screaming for you. No, not at all. I think <laughs> I think I think she's probably asked for something, and my brave wife is 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 denying her and and standing her ground. Okay, all right. Well, speaking of um, screaming babies and nests, 
I had a nest question for you, or the word nest is in the my note here because we were talking. You were talking earlier about kind of the correlation between your scoring work and this song subscription series. Are you because you're going through things so quickly now, like you know, once a week, and and you're kind of making a thing and sending it out. And I presume I'm wondering actually, are you jettisoning the idea then? Are you revisiting these song ideas? The nest thing is that I wrote. Are these song ideas finding nests in your scoring work or writing with Do Makes They Think? So that's the nest connection. But do you understand what I mean there? Like, yeah, is, are uh, you, is that happening? Are these little glimmers of things that are going to show up in in other things? It, you know what? It, yeah, it could. Uh, it hasn't yet, but that's part of the process. It, uh, only one song so far was uh, based on a riff uh, that Do Makes They Think rejected. But, uh, you know, for me, I just kind of approach each week anew. Mm-hmm. So, I'm, you know, I'm sure that if a director or some project came along that Ohad was like, hey, man, do you remember that song that you, got, you did, you know, back in June? It might fit for the score. Like, for sure, I would totally take a look at that and revisit it. But it would be, it wouldn't be, I wouldn't want it to be, the exact recording. Yeah, no, like, no, of course not. I think, like, if, but it would be the seed of like there'd be that idea for sure. Okay, you're not, you're not it, just like I'm done with you once you put a song out. Oh no, 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 no. Okay, but that's sort of you know what's be- the beautiful thing about writing music for score or doing the song a week thing as opposed to the band is once I do do it, I put all this like effort into it and this emotion into it. I, it just gets released, and it's kind of a beautiful feeling because when you do that with a band. All of a sudden, it becomes this thing where you have to learn it and you know promote it, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and then perform it, and then sometimes you're like performing songs, you know, nine, ten years later. And you're just like, oh, this we have to play this song, <laughs> this fucking song, like yeah. And so the score work in this song a week thing just makes it uh, a totally, you know, you just it, it, it's teaching me as a musician as an artist to let go. You know? Right, there's a finite uh, sort of creative life for some of that stuff. You either make it once and maybe with score work, I don't know if you've got to the point where you're live, like you're performing your scores live to the films, if that ever makes sense. Sometimes that happens, but in a sense, you're basically letting it go and giving it to someone else. Yeah. And that's and you've found that refreshing. I find it amazing. I, I love it, you know, because... It's it's just like so so renewing, you know, creatively. Yeah. Because you just you just you work intensely with either a director and and a film or with a song a week. You know, in the case of like something emotional happening in my life and just like really doing it. And then next Monday, it's gone. It's done. Yeah. You know, you just move on. Or like when the film is done, we just finished this really great film called Hurt. Mm-hmm. That's going to be uh, premiering at TIFF, uh, a documentary about the Canadian Steve Fonio, who ran across the country, cancer survivor, hmm. ran across the country like Terry Fox did. At Crazy Life, crazy movie, beautiful movie made by Alan Zwig. Um, and it just, it was just like in a, like just the music we wrote for it was like so important to us and so intense and just like, you know, and then it's done and then it goes goes it goes away yeah until like a couple weeks later 
you know, somebody posts that it's been accepted to TIFF, and there's the trailer. Yeah, I saw that you posted the yeah. trailer on your Facebook. Yeah. yeah. And then so I look at the trailer, and I have no idea what music they used from our score. For the, and you hear it, and you go, oh, yeah, this. <laughs> uh, like, you know, and you do, like, it's just like, and, and another thing about the score work that's really amazing is that you become artistically a part of this of the, the lives of of the people who are making the movie. Not only that, but the story. Yeah, the characters and in the film. Yeah, the characters in the film. And if it's a documentary, you're like, these are fucking. You know, this is real life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and so, you know, for me, that kind of immediacy and then release is so rewarding like so amazing to you know create under those that level hmm. uh, it's weird sometimes i get weirded out by my own show because the <laughs> the conversations that follow from one distinct person to the next are can get similar i the last guest on the show was gary texali a visual artist and i kind of stupidly i don't know the art world super well he was telling me about an uh, an exhibition he's preparing for in new york city and it's in November, and he's preparing all the artwork for it. And he said, you know, and it goes from November to December. And I said, well, what happens to the art after that? And he said, well, hopefully it's all sold. It'll all sell out. Like they'll, It'll sell. People will buy the art. And I said, well, what if they don't buy it? And he's like, well, I don't know. I'm like, so do you ever see it again? He's like, <laughs> no. I make my art, and then it goes away, and I never see it again. Like I, and I was like, wow. so I, and, and you're kind of saying the same thing. I'm so used to talking to musicians who are like, yeah, I wrote a song. I froze it in time. I made a million copies. Well, not a million. This is a pretty niche market that I'm dealing with. I made a thousand copies of a record. And- Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. And people buy it, and it's digital. Like, it's just always, the thing I made is always probably a click, you know, away from, you know, I can just find it online if I wanted to, if I made something that I wanted to listen to. But yeah, now you're talking about a, a similar, I mean, similarly, you could, if you wanted to access these files you created, of course. But I mean, similarly, you made something, and it's gone. It's just basically gone, and it's in someone else's hands. So it's just, for me, I'm weirded out that that, I see a connection between your work and, and Gary's work on some of them. But Gary is doing um, like one-off pieces, though, is he not? Yeah, is yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, that's right. See, for me, the difference is that I'm able to kind of, I mean, I'm working with music, so it's still in the within the digital format. It's still sort of shareable. Like, yes, that's right. It, you know, yeah. 
but I do do um, original artwork for each piece of music. So that's true. Yeah. So my plan is at the end of the year is to just do an art show, like a pay what you can art show, and just sell off all the art. Oh, there you go. See, and then that's... and donate it to charity. Like I just like it's already been done. It's like whatever. Right. But um, I, you know, what Gary's angle is is that. I mean, these are just singular pieces that exist as a hard copy in reality, you know, and then they disappear. Right. You know, I find that to be a bit more, there's probably a bit more emotion in that than what I'm doing. That's probably fair. I think as a musician, you tend to work in a, a more of a mass production mindset. And, mm-hmm. uh, and other than doing prints every once in a while, like I asked him, like, what happened? Do you? Do you ever see it? He's like, well, you know, I take a high resolution photograph of the thing I made, but that's it. It's gone. So, right. uh, yeah, it's that's yeah. I think you raise a good point. You raise a good point. I, I want to speaking of emotions, <laughs> trying to find segues in our conversation. But it's been uh, the last do makes I think record was other truths came out in what two thousand nine I think. Yeah, something like right. that. Quite a yeah, while yeah. ago. Yeah. I'm curious, uh, and you mentioned that the the band moves at a glacial pace, and that you've been working <laughs> on a new record for two and a half years. Was was Dumex I think ever finished or on hiatus? You know, sort of. You know, the hiatus part or finished part was kind of not discussed. We just stopped, and you know, in our back of our minds, I think we thought maybe it would start again or it wouldn't start again. We just weren't sure. I mean, the, the, you know, Charles was, you know, in social scene and then had joined Feist and, uh, Ohad and I had started the film score stuff. So we were basically fine with not saying anything. We're sort of that band. We just don't say anything. But there, there was, there was, there was some tension within the band, supposedly. This is what I'd heard. Like something was kind of keeping the band apart, is that right? Beyond the, your 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 uh, other projects. Well, it was other projects. Oh, that was it. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know, okay. And it wasn't really tension. It's just it's just it's just um, it's just life, you know. Uh, with Charles, you know, joined Feist. It, that's easily two years out of somebody's life. Yeah. So you know, we can't make a record. We can't do that. So for us, it, the tension wasn't negative it was just ah fuck life <laughs> no okay oh that's good that's nice to hear and you know for us to get back together and start writing again was more of like okay are we doing this guys are we doing this you know and and then we worked and then we just started doing it and and i think like the music that we're writing now is the best we've done i mean i'm i'm excited about the music that we're writing i'm excited about the idea that you know Ohad refuses to even uh, entertain the idea that he wants to make a post rock record, you know. Right. <laughs> and oh, so, okay. You know, creatively, he's forcing some really great ideas onto these compositions, and you know, Charlie is in this sort of mindset of, you know, he's approaching some of these songs, saying like, you know, let's let's do Led Zeppelin here, you know, and. It's a really exciting uh, mindset because you know we have nothing to lose. You know we're all in our forties. 
um, you know, I know what cool is and we're not it. And <laughs> like, it's like, who gives a shit? <laughs> The, the, yeah, but but like... towards towards the end of uh, the last run of Do Make Say Think that for the last record anyway, I think the band has popped up here and there uh, in the last couple of years for a local show or something. But it, the band did include a lot of people at one point. But I understand that the configuration currently is sort of back to basics, a bit smaller. Is that right? We're just five. Five. And what was it? At one point, it was what, ten? Well, at one point during, I think, the... Rust like history and rust years, we were ballooning out to like fourteen. Yeah, what was you know, going doing on? All what, that, like stuff. Just whole, just horns and strings oh, and fucking like you know just just you know that was the era of you had to be a band that you just had to cram a stage full of as many amps and drums and like people as possible to get your point across. Right. You know we're not in that mindset anymore. I mean we'll certainly. For this camp wavelength show, we're bringing you know two horn players along. <laughs> you know, yeah, uh, sure. so we're you know we still do that, but the emphasis on making it big with people has kind of changed. We're more interested in making it big with just sound now, right? You know, and and trying to make we we actually are kind of fluid. I've always said that we're the best do makes I think cover band in the world because we make these records that we like, we just don't know how to play. So we make these records and then when we're like done a record, it gets released and then we go, Oh shit, we have to play this. And then we have to learn that record. Yeah, that's weird. So we sit around and then we're like, Oh, now we have to hire a lap steel player, I guess. So <laughs> we have all lap steel on the record. Like it's part of the fearlessness about making a record. Right. That fucks us in the end. <laughs> sure. Okay. <laughs> yeah. that, that, but, but it's like we just totally are like, yeah, let's get a harp in. Like, who knows a harp player? Like, let's just do this. And <laughs> all of a sudden, it's like a really big, important part of your song. And you're like, oh, man. Now I got to, you know, can we sample this now? <laughs> this, well, it, it does square to sample stuff. <laughs> it does it does sound like what from what you're saying? Ohad is trying to get away from any kind of pigeonhole the band might have been in before. Charlie's talking about uh, Led Zeppelin, which I think Feist in his band they used to do a yeah the immigrant song. That's right, they would do the immigrant song. <laughs> yeah. So there's something. So there's some. This is this is going to be a by the sounds of it anyway. This could the new record could be. A bit of a surprise, quite a departure for the band. It's, it's you know, Philip Glass meets uh, Led Zeppelin meets, you know, Pink Floyd, maybe. Interesting. Pink Floyd. <laughs> <laughs> and, okay, cool. And so the deadline to create the thing is is Halloween. Well, we're, we've given that personally within the band to have the music where we're, where we're just because we don't give ourselves a a hard deadline if we don't draw the line in the sand then we'll just we'll we'll, we'll do more recording and no, we'll do you know yeah, we'll just yeah. it'll just go on for another five years so we'll just you know we had a we had a band meeting not too long ago where we drew sort of a line in the sand going okay if we don't focus on this date and we it's just halloween's kind of a fun date because it just sticks out yeah so we probably it'll probably be more like november 7th <laughs> 
<laughs> November seventh, a week later. Yeah, so, a week so later. You're, yeah. So you're saying, but you're saying that essentially, bed tracks, everything's kind of done. It's it's in a it's in a mixing phase. It's in a mixing phase. But for us, as a band, you know, if you follow our records, it's we use the mixing desk as an instrument. Yeah. Right. So you know. A mix for us isn't as simple as just like making the guitars and drums and bass sound good and fit, you know, pleasurably within your ear hole. We're just, you know, we have to make the mixing desk almost like an organ. You know, we just, you know, we we just feel the need to, you know, it comes to the point where you've realized that you've done like 17 guitar overdubs and you're, you know, now you have to play that. Yeah, <laughs> you know they they all have their own individual tracks, and that's that's on top of double drums, horns, you know, strings. You know, somebody's decided to put some wacky keyboards all over the whole entire mix. Somebody else wants to put the entire mix through a phaser pedal. You know, somebody else wants to take the entire mix and blast it through speakers outside, and then walk around. You know, recording it, and you know, like so, you know, so we sort of just kind of have a lot of ideas and we throw it all at, at these compositions and then eventually we spend what amounts to now a year just going through it and mixing it. Like we have an hour and a half worth of music. Right. But this, you know, we're not going to release an hour and a half record. No, no. <laughs> so. No. But you got, it sounds like you might have two albums worth at least there. Yeah. Conventional yeah. album link. Yeah. And I mean, based on everything you're saying, I can see why you'd want to go solo. Yeah, solo in making a song a week. Yeah, just but I mean, at least you can control all of those. You, you know, it sounds like if someone has an idea and do makes they think, it's at least considered and uh, potentially executed unless it's shouted down. It sounds like it's possible to try every idea until it doesn't work or maybe changes a song. Anyway, it's it's intriguing to me that uh, this is happening. And I mean, I got to see the band. I think it was last summer. You would have played that uh, field trip thing, right? Yeah, that was that was yeah. great. That was a great set, and I it, it was thrilling. My kid got to see you, which I was exciting. He really liked Do Makes I Think. I remember that. Or at least that that's what I want to believe. Um, and then you, you've got the Camp Wavelength show. Will you be playing? Have you been playing new songs uh, live? Will you be playing new songs live? Well, we did uh, an actual twentieth year anniversary of the band in April this year uh, at Lee's Palace. The first time we ever played as a band doing Say Think, it was Charles, James, and I uh, played Lee's Palace uh, April 3rd, 1995. Oh, okay. And so we did it this year. I think we were off a day, April 2nd. Um, and we played three new songs. We played three new compositions. And uh, the crowd was great for that. Like There was nobody holding up their phones. Nobody recorded it. People just, you know, DMX crowds are great that way. They just yeah. want to experience it, and yeah. they're not, you know, you know, excited. And when we say, hey, we're playing a new song, like, you know, we didn't see a sea of cell phones, you know, <laughs> show up. So, yeah, we're going to play, uh, we played three that night. Um, we're going to play two of them at Camp Wavelength. Mm-hmm. And that's only simply because of set restrictions. Like, people got to get off the island. We can't. We can't play a two and a half hour set, so right, you know, and and so we've been allotted a certain amount of time, and 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 Johnny Bunt's amazing, you know, wavelength 
you know, e- even emailed me as we were trying to set up the Skype, uh, asking about the set, you know, length, and we're, we're going to be we're going to be conservative. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's you know, it's a do make say thing conservative set. So we have two new like songs. A, like out. a pro Stephen Harper set. <laughs> yeah. No. Not at all. Never. That would be weird. <laughs> yeah, that would be weird. <laughs> no, we're uh, we're just it's conservative in the uh, space rock sense of the word. Okay, I see. You know, like we're sort of shaving our songs down from thirteen minutes to eleven. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you know, <laughs> so that people can get home from the island. That sounds great. I mean, it sounds very courteous. I, uh, I I can't wait to see this. I hope I get to come see it, and uh, I'm excited that you're doing all these things. Before I let you go, uh, what's the biggest obstacle for you to complete your next song in your series uh, for next week? Um, other work. And you've got some scheduled? No, I'm pretty easy right now. We've we've we're in between projects. So this week actually is a really nice week. I'm going to do. Uh, I've, I've, I've sort of pink floyded in my mind what I'm going to do. I'm going to do a two, a two parter. So I'm going to start the first part this week and then the next week's song will be a, the second part because I actually have the time this week to do it. Okay. I'm so pretty, it's, it's I'm not going to be excited. It's not going to be a long song you split into two. It'll, it'll literally have, it'll be a song and then it's sequel. Yeah, exactly. Okay. And is there anything you can tell us about it? Except well, the pink Floyd part? Yeah, that's the that's the big that's the big giveaway. <laughs> I think I just shot myself in the foot. It's a really big like, you know. I think I'm going to go Floydian on this one. Yeah, a lot of Floyd fans <laughs> listen to this show, so they're going to be excited. Oh yeah, well you know, Pink Floyd was a big influence on Do Makes They Think. So yeah, no, I can I can hear it. I can hear so, it. In there. Hey, and before you let me go, yes, Vish, Will Oldham, yes, like holy shit. Yes. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry if you need to reference that again. That to me, it's like it's like the Leonard Cohen of our generation shouting out to people the first black American president and you. Yeah, I'm also the I'm the first black podcaster. Uh, no, I it yes, basically for anyone who missed it, Will Oldham posted or rather sent me. Uh, Colin, Med- you know Colin Medley. Yes, I think so. Colin Medley is like a, a filmmaker, videographer, filmmaker. He's a documentarian, basically. He makes he takes photos and he, he makes movies and short films, and and he's just great. And he's a big fan of the show and appreciates it. And uh, by this point, may somehow be co-producing it. He's always, you know, <laughs> he's, he's he's getting close to just like that was really great and and. And I want to help you. Like he wants to help me, and he convinced me to start this uh, monthly pledge thing, Patreon, uh, which was doing pretty well. And then, kind of, I'm trying to get to five hundred dollars a month. Um, right, that's wow. my goal. Pretty, relatively speaking, fairly modest. But I'm, I'm, I can't seem to. I was close to three hundred, and then someone who I think mistakenly, because it's a, you know, Patreon, you can pledge like a dollar a month or two dollars. You can pledge whatever you want, want a month. Most people tend to pledge five or ten bucks a month. Some every once in a while, someone I'll get a thing saying so and so pledged a hundred dollars a month, and I'll be like, "What? That's crazy!" But it's someone who wants to pledge a hundred dollars and doesn't realize that it's a monthly thing. <laughs> so someone recently pledged thirty dollars a month, and I was like, "That doesn't 
that's probably a mistake. And then sure enough, they realized it when they got their credit card bill and they were like, ugh. And they actually, in this case, often those people reduce. This guy just was like, I'm done. Anyway, <laughs> trying to get people to pledge some money to support the show, which is nice, and people are doing it, but I'm, I'm, not, I'm not sure I'm going to make my goal. Still, Colin says you should also ask people who've been on the show or who listen to the show to send you little testimonials about the show, and I'll make a video of it. Just send, get them to send little video clips, and then we'll, I'll put it together. And I'm like, great. So we've had some nice responses, but Will wrote to me and said, hey, if I don't want to make a video... What can I do? And so Will wrote this amazing email to me, and then I posted it on Facebook, and that's what Justin's talking about for those who missed it. And it's, uh, I don't know, Justin, I don't know what to say about it. It's pretty... When you when, when you posted it, I, I, I was like, how, you know, how did that make you feel? I mean, that's just really just, it's like, I mean, okay, for those listening, if they are still, <laughs> uh, the Palace Brothers early records were just one of the most, it's so important to me, mm-hmm. you know, and I don't take lightly the, the, the Leonard Cohen reference, you know, or the even, you know, God, like, you know, back in the day when those early Palace Brothers records were just, he was Johnny Cash to me. He was, but you know, not even country sometimes he was, he was like, just it was just like like to me, Will Oldham is that kind of you know the kind of person that I kind of don't want to meet. I've just because I'm terrified yeah. to meet that person because I just feel like his music and his words have just made so much sense. Like he literally at, at times of you know listening to his music looked directly into my soul. You know, yeah, and you're just like how did you know how did he articulate? my confused feelings so beautifully and for him i mean i just how did that feel for him to write that was pretty intense what he wrote about you yeah and uh yeah and i was <laughs> away when i saw it and uh you know I'd, i by that point i'd received a few such things uh i was unprepared for the shock of sean michaels the author sean michaels was the first to submit a video and, you know, crassly, I was just following Colin's lead and asking people to just send, <laughs> tell me why the show is special and we'll tell the world together. But I was I was not prepared for the impact of seeing Sean's face and hearing his voice talk about what my show has meant to him. Mm-hmm. That one uh, got me choked up. So so having uh, experienced that and then a few others, I was kind of braced for Will's thing. But no one had written anything at that point. So reading Will's words about me, yeah, I don't want to put... Too, one of the things, like, I, I don't want to... Hmm. Yes, completely thrilling and, and overwhelming. But I think one of the reasons that Will and I uh, relate to one another is because we relate to one another. Mm-hmm. Um, we've spoken enough and, and met enough a couple of times that when we're together, uh, it's normal. And I think, um, because of his, the, the quality and breadth of his work, he is a master, like to you, like what you're describing, like, I don't want to meet him. Um, 
because his his mastery of his craft is so much more it's so superior to so many other people who have tried to do the same thing and and he's also been very enigmatic and artful about how he's presented himself yet you know from my first encounter with him which like the first time I talked to him was in person in Toronto uh-huh. and the interview that we had was scheduled for 15 20 minutes and so we did that and then we just talked for 3 hours right and then he said well Oh, and then I said, I don't want to keep you after three hours. I said, you know, and I, throughout it, I was like, Will, I don't mean to keep you here. But he, he just liked it. We were just swapping stories. And he told me all about working with Johnny Cash on that Rick Rubin session. Yeah, yeah. And so we, we, we just, and we talked about all sorts of stuff. And it was great. And since then, I've heard from other people that he speaks very highly of speaking with me. Because he, as you read... He talks a lot about me as an interviewer, and it's it's. What can I tell you? It's crazy. It's it's it's, it's astounding to me that that is his perception of me. Um, but it's astounding to me that that's Shawn Michaels' perception of me, or right. or anyone who has been so kind to do this thing that Colin suggested. You know what I mean? Right. So, right. so Will is among these people that are currently sending me these things that are making me feel uh, good. But I'm also like, what a weird. I've just asked everyone to basically eulogize my show <laughs> and me, and, no. and it's like it's no, a, it's not eulogizing. It's 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 big upping. You have to flip that around. It's just, you know, like I wanted to ask you if you've you know if you read this. You said you were out and about you know reading, and then you read this Will Oldham. I was, thing, a, I was, you know, and he just like were you like you know like at a coffee shop, and you're like, yeah. Yeah, all right. Lattes for everybody. No, I, I was I was uh, on a beach, a deserted beach uh, on a lake, Lake Huron. Right. Uh, there were trees and wind, and this message from Will on my phone, which was barely getting any internet. Uh, so no, it was just a it was a perfect. It was just yeah. I don't know what to tell you. I, and like I read it aloud to my wife, and it's not inconsequential that. He mentions my name in the same breath as President Barack. No, the wife must have loved that. Well, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Like, that's pretty good mojo. I'm not going to lie to you, man. That's pretty good. Like, she's going to be, you know, you've got a couple of, you know, fucking, you know, boner mistakes you could make that are just going to be glossed over by that. I, I, I work like you. I work really hard. I work really hard. And uh, like a lot of people do. And one of the things that seems to have developed in my skill set is this kind of thing. Right. Is talking to people, listening to them, and taking conversations in interesting places. And that's what he likes and picks up on. And that's what a lot of people have picked up on. Uh, not a lot yeah, well, of people, but a small number of dedicated people. Does why I do the show? I mean, it's it's a, like so many things, it just feels like something that, if I weren't doing it, I don't know what I'd be doing. This is just a thing I've developed, and I'm. It's the same as you. It's the same as you. Like exactly. you developed a skill set, but and, something like this, like something like this, and let's go back to the, you know, and, and you're good at it. You I'm know, not, I'm not what, bad at it. Yeah. No, and so, but you know, let's you know take a moment here and appreciate this, and your and 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 you being able to say this to your wife because you know our wives love us and they married us for who we are and. You know, there's a lot of us that do a lot of stupid things and, and do or, or, or just they're burdened with our annoying, annoying things that make us who we are. Like, you know, so 
I'm into music and I have to talk, you know, Kat has to suffer through me talking about grindcore for a long time. But my, know, wife, my wife or is just, or so just, we, just so you, you know, and I so could talk, stopped. just so you and I could talk right yeah. now, my wife is trapped in our boiling hot bedroom uh, just until we're done, just so I can have some quiet. She's my my beautiful... wife is sitting across from me, listening to me say this. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see. rolling her eyes. She's rolling her eyes. But what I was going to say is that every once in a while, something like this happens where I think we get to be cool again. Like, we look cool. Like, it's just, it's cool. It's cool that this happened. And they get, you know, our wives go, hey, there, like, there you go. And you feel, I feel like that that's kind of the most, like, you know, when this, this Hurt documentary, uh, you know, screening i mean sorry trailer's been going around like i'm proud to show that to cat yeah i'm just like i'm like look what we did and it's good <laughs> and it's amazing and i think that you know so i'm i'm you know that oddly was one of the first thoughts that i thought of when i saw this will oldham tribute to you mm-hmm. comparing you to barack obama <laughs> or or not comparing you but at least putting you within the same company i was like well that's you know you got you got to you got to walk around with your chest held high after that, right? Yeah. No, I yeah, yeah, <laughs> totally. And I I mean, and there's no small part of what we do is uh, sometimes we forget I forget anyway that you know, part of what gets me up in the morning is to try to make at least one well, for me now it's four three other people kind of proud um to have pride in their the dude in the house, you know. Right, one of the dudes in the house, and it, that doesn't—it never occurred to me until you said it. I guess, um, I, you know, I don't know. I'm just gonna keep at it and keep doing this stuff, and thankfully, uh, if, even if we don't reach the financial goal, yeah, I mean, how do I stop? How do you how do you make yourself stop when you have the support of people like that? Like Will uh-huh. Will Old, never mind my wife, but Will Oldham. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean I need I need both. And uh yeah. You know, you work hard and I think sometimes it shows and his yeah. Thank you for pointing that out. I didn't expect that. Uh I know it's pretty pretty stunning and it I know that it resonated with people seeing that note from Will. So yeah, it's cool. Anyway, I was just going to do a little uh, thing here telling people uh where they can learn more about you and your weekly sub- music subscription service. Uh, which is happening now, and and people can subscribe and learn more about it at justinsmallmusic.com. dot com. Mm-hmm. And as we mentioned, do makes a think his uh, his band are performing at Camp Wavelength on Toronto Island on Sunday, August thirtieth, and you can learn more about that at wavelengthtoronto.com. dot com. Justin, uh, is there a song from your series that we can play for people now? I I I don't know what you what you'd like to play, or what you'd like to like me to play rather. You know, I, I'm going to do this week's song. Uh, it came out today, and uh, it's the first one of the series that I sing on. Okay. Now it's you know it's it's sort of my love of of shoegaze music, and 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 and, and so it's just I recorded just you know a hundred guitar tracks and just a drum loop, and you know, and then I sing on it, and it's. Just, super buried so i don't want it to come across as my 
seeing debuted as as being cowardice. It's just more about <laughs> you know being sort of true true to the idea of shoegaze music. So yeah, uh, I'm gonna you know it'll be Gazy Days of Summer is the name of the song. So all right, let's hear it. This is Gazy Days of Summer, and uh, this is we think song 14, 15. <laughs> we don't know. It's we don't know. We're, 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 it's, it's gonna, August 17th. It's August 17th, a song from August 17th. Justin, this was really fun, and thank you for uh, sharing all this with me and, and everyone else, and, uh, and thanks for being on the show. It means a lot. Thank you, thank you so much, man.
Hey, thanks again for checking out Creative Control with Vish Khanna. You can email me about the show at creativecontrol933 at gmail.com. That's creative with a K, control with a K, 933 at gmail.com. You can also follow our Twitter at Vish Creative, V-I-S-H-K-R-E-A-T-I-V-E. And you can also like our Facebook page. A version of this show airs on CFRU in Guelph every Wednesday at noon Eastern. And you can listen to that online at CFRU.ca or if you're in the KW region at 93.3 FM in Guelph. You can also sign up for the weekly mailing list for the podcast and the, and the show at vishkana.com and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. I believe that is everything I wanted to tell you. Thank you once again. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years. Years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.